How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Eastminster Young Adults Podcast, a place where you can learn more about what it means to be a young adult Christian in times like these. You know, studies show that two of every three young adults have a challenging time finding Christian community. Eastminster Presbyterian Church seeks to create a community where you can be known, loved, and challenged without the fear of facing judgment. In doing so, we believe that the world will be a better place. So thanks for listening to the podcast. All right, everybody, here's Pastor Joe once again, and as I've done through season one, as I'm trying to let you guys get to know me by answering one of these questions from these cards, once once again, this is the Wordsmith deck. It's like the help let go of writer's block from the bestself.co, and there's like 100 of these cards, and so let me answer another one. If I kind of want to, for season two, which will be next episode, I'd like to see other people get involved with this. So if you would, as a young adult, would like to answer one of these questions for people to get to know you, uh, send me an email, jskillen at eastminster.org, and I'd love to have you answer one of these questions. So uh, here's a question to answer for this time. Okay, it's one of these bright yellow cards. Like once you see them, you can see they have all these different topics. This one's got like a side profile of a head with like dots in the upper part of the head. So maybe like a brainy question. Okay. It says, when was the last time you left your comfort zone and how did you grow? Man, what a great question. So I think we I think we do like a little venturing out of our comfort zones all the time, uh, whether it be like to talk about a topic that we're not used to or maybe to, I don't know, like try something new, but like, like a true, genuine, genuine, like journeying outside the comfort zone was about maybe six years ago, seven years ago, about, I decided to take up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, never wrestled, never really did karate other than like those introductory classes where you break boards and stuff. And so I decided I was just going to jump right in and take Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I ended up taking uh, about a year or so of it. I had a just an income change, so I had to like let go of a few things, to let go of BJJ classes but I had such a great time, and I am not good at it still. I think that I got better over a year, year and uh, year and change. Uh, I went three times a week at least, and I met incredible people, learned a lot about myself, uh, got in better shape, and just had this new appreciation for this type of physical exercise and what you could actually learn through martial arts. And I think what I learned the most is just to, how to take instruction again without questioning it. And I don't really question authority a lot. I'm not that type of person. I like to get along with people. But to like be brand new at something and to have to absorb everything and not to second guess it and just to do what you're told is such a great exercise <laughs> always. Like not just when we're younger, but even as we journey into adulthood when we think we got life figured out, but just to take instruction fresh and new again, like to be you know, the new kid on the block, and it was great. So I, I learned from great people, met great friends. It was like a weird time in life where I felt like I was closer to people at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu than I was at my church because I was spending more time with them than I was at my church. And just how it was neat to, to be that type of guy, like to be a new kid on the block again and start over. So what about you? When was the last time like you truly left your comfort zone? Not just 
I had to lead a presentation, you know, at work this one time. But you like really ventured out into unknown territory. And what did you learn from it? Shoot me an email. Tell me about it. And uh, if you would like to answer one of these questions and introduce yourself to the group, let me know. And uh, we'll, we'll line that up. So thanks for hearing me out. All right, I think we're on. Ginger, are you there? I am. Nice. Okay. Okay. For like this all transparency, this is our second time trying to record <laughs> this <laughs> because I went on such a long soliloquy that Ginger's phone went to sleep. So this is actually the first time that I've tried this calling somebody to record a podcast through Anchor, which we use to host the podcast. So um, Ginger, as are you there? I am. Sorry. Okay. All right. I'll try to let you chime in so that it doesn't hopefully fall asleep again. But what I promised last episode is that you and I would get on the podcast together for a couple of reasons. Number one, so that people could get to know you a little bit. And just so we can, you and I could take a look back on our young adult Christian experience and just give some advice. I mean, I, so far in the first season, we've talked about some of the basics of young adult Christianity We've tried to give a framework for what we'd like to call people into, which, you know, a way of life that they could master and that could add meaning to their life. And so we've got all these different parts. We've got like a daily devotional. We've got some habits that we like people to try. We have, uh, you know, some weekly rhythms. We have, you know, this call to be in a group. And then last week I talked about a leader learning community of being intentional about growing in our leadership bandwidth so that we could lead in the church someday uh, either sooner or later. And so I thought a good way to cap off season one would be just for you and I to talk about our own young adult Christian experience. So just to give people an overview about us, we've been married 15 years. Uh, we got married so, so young. And, uh, and so now <laughs> we're 15 years into it. We got a couple of kids and we're just kind of on the outside of the territory of how somebody would define young adults. We're I'll be 39 in like 10 days and Ginger is younger than me. So we're kind of just outside the boundaries. So we're looking back now and maybe we can give some advice for those in the young adult age group of the church. So we're just going to jump in. We have not planned this. In fact, how sad of, you know, how sad of a reality that for you and I to record, I have to call you from my church office and you're at home. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> We're going to give this a try. So I'll start out to give you just some time to think of what you would uh, recommend. So as I look back at young adult world, my time as young adult, I, so I just think that when you get out and you're not going, you know, to church with mom and dad, maybe when people went to ch church in college, or maybe they decided like in their home city, they decided to go somewhere else. I just remember it kind of opened up my world to a lot of different types of Christian voices, you know, people who were familiar, not so familiar with the church that I grew up in. So uh, that that's good because it exposes us to a, a lot more voices out there, but it can be like overwhelming. And I think now with the internet and podcasts and Twitter and all that stuff, there's just a lot of voices. So I guess my, one of my recommendations would be, to find a rabbi, I'll use that word in quotations, yeah. to find somebody who we listen to primarily. 
and not an exclusivity, but someone who can give us a frame of mind for the Christian life for the time being. Um, so for me, I went to a really good church in college and the, the pastor there on that Sunday morning helped open my mind to a lot of different things about the Christian life, either Christian thought or Christian practice. And for whatever reason, I just said, you know what, for the next four years, I'm going to consider this person's voice as primary. Like they're, I'm not going to like turn my mind off, but I'm going to just lean on what they have to say. And I'm going to try it out. They're going to be a primary source of mine as I study the scripture and do my own work so that I could have some sort of a heading forward so that I won't be paralyzed with this broad analysis of so many voices out there. So I just thought, so I think if, if I were in like a 20 something shoes, I would say, pick someone who's reliable and for the next four or five years, just try to read everything that they've written. Uh, listen to all the stuff on YouTube and at least get a broad boundary and a broad field of what it means to be a Christian from their perspective today. What do you think about that? I think that's good. That goes along with what I was thinking as you were talking. And um, for me, I kind of entered into young adulthood with a certain idea of what it looked like to be a good Christian, um, yeah. being raised in the church and having kind of a checklist of what I needed to do to be faithful to God. And um, it was my young adult years that really opened my mind to a variety of ways to connect with God and to learn and to be more open-minded. I think um, just like you said, you know, choosing a rabbi and someone to really look up to, uh, I think the a little bit of the flip side for me was opening my mind to um, different voices, even if I didn't 100% agree with them, that, that I could mm -hmm. glean good things from a variety of places. Mm -hmm. um, and I also learned to connect with God in different ways that maybe had not been mentioned my whole like formation, childhood, yeah. youth, um, that go on a hike and connect with God outside in nature. And that was something that um, I probably would have scoffed at in my mm. teen years. Like yeah. I knew there was something special, but for me, um, it seemed like it wasn't spiritual enough or it wasn't part of the checklist, um, those kinds of things. So as much as you talked about broadening our approach as far as sources that we look to, I, I think I also broadened my approach as far as um, how I connected with God and um, finding more sacred in the, um, the average, uh, mm. seeing God in places I hadn't seen him before. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. So, uh, so that's like maybe number one thing that we'd recommend. Um, did you have a number two or did you wrap number two and number one? Or were you going <laughs> to say something? Of, <laughs> they were kind of wrapped up, but I think um, there's, it, it, it might be something small, but even like daily time with the Lord and what that looks like. Um, yeah. That, uh, you know, it has to be in the morning or you're, you know, a second class citizen, second person, <laughs> you know? She's casting um, shade on me. I love the morning. She is not a morning person at I, all. I am not. I'm trying. Um, but it, 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 no, it hasn't gone well. Um, you got, Joe, haven't gotten Joe, the download yet. <laughs> Joe is an insane morning person. He's not just like, oh, I'm happy when I wake up. He wakes up before the world is awake. That's um, right. 
Yes. And I love that about him. (laughs) (laughs) I do, but I know, and I do spend some time with Jesus in the morning, but I also know for me to like think deeper and process through things, it has to be later in the day. I'm not going to process well in the morning. And I always felt guilty about that because of how it was kind of projected in the church. And so um, I kept carrying that guilt of not having a great morning time um, with Jesus and realizing that he's there anytime. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think um, another thing that I would recommend is to get on an airplane for like a world, like an international missions trip as quickly as possible. And I know that that's a bit complicated right now at the time of this recording (laughs) because we're not really traveling anywhere, but I, so, and some folks may have gone on international mission when they were in middle school, high school, Uh, they may have traveled abroad on a family vacation, but I just remember uh, right at the end of my college, like a summer after my graduation, I got on an airplane to Brazil and went up the Amazon. I mean, saw chronic poverty, saw what the churches was doing elsewhere. And that changed my life. And I think that that's important because um, whenever the cement of our thinking worldview is starting to dry in the middle, middle of our young adult years, it's good to have it like broken up again and to realize Mm -hmm. how big God is, how small we are and how people just like us are, you know, trying to figure it out in a different part of the world. And just how profound that is. Like we may not be able to sketch that out on scratch paper, but it's just an important thing uh, to be empowered by flying somewhere else and seeing how you have this knowledge that you don't get, you know, when you're at home and to be reduced, like you kind of grow and you shrink at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And I think that's a good process. So I think as quickly as possible, get on an airplane and serve another's needs overseas is a good thing to help shape young adult life. What do you think? Yes. I realize that um, I'm not used to this podcasting, so I'm nodding and nodding as you go and realize okay. that is not yeah. translated, you know? Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm agreeing. Yes. I mean, right after graduation, um, I went to China and it was uh, so far you know, outside my norm, but it made, um, it changed me. It changed my worldview. It changed my view of the church and, uh, and increased my compassion for, um, the whole world, uh, different perspective. And in a, in the best way, it made me feel so small, you know? Yeah. Um, so I absolutely agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you still want to go back to China and that, yeah, uh, every day. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great to, you are like, oh, well, I want to go with you, but then we haven't had time because we have kids come around and all that right. stuff. So maybe sometime down the road. So, I, yeah. So, um, you know, f- figuring out a rabbi, figuring out quiet time, travel internationally. I think another one uh, from my perspective is um, I, I, I think using some sort of a personality, like be, becoming adept at some personality system. So uh, if it's the Enneagram, if it's Myers-Briggs, DISC, whatever, I have found that, I think for you and I, the Enneagram was probably most important, but somehow finding out who I am and how that is different from everyone else or other types of people is important Mm -hmm. because I find that conflict uh, compounds in 20s and 30s, Dealing with maybe yeah. some hangups from our past, uh, 
dealing with family issues, how I work in the work environment, what does it look like to be under stress? What does it look like to be under security? Like all this stuff we think we know until mm -hmm. I just felt like in my 20s and 30s, I didn't have that nailed down and I have profound regret now. I think regret really is not, for me, regret got real in the 30s because I've lived long enough now like, oh man, I wish I would've made a different decision there, you know? So, yeah. so I feel like it's important during this time of life to get a personality matrix mm -hmm. and and figure and then start to see the world through it um so I, I i cannot recommend that highly enough what do you think yeah i think even in a wider sense just um being intentional about becoming more self-aware so being able to look inward whether you use whatever variety of um personality assessments or uh books or things that you um choose to input to learn more about who you are and why you are the way you are, um, how God made you, the beautiful things about that. It can be very empowering, also very humbling. Um, but to begin that process, because there's so much that still changes in young adulthood and you won't get it all right. None of us did or will. Um, yeah. But to begin to look inward, uh, I think the tendency is to look at the world and, you know, everything that's wrong around us um, and not being willing to kind of look inward. Um, and that can be absolutely helpful in those young adult years as you're figuring out different things. Um, it can help yeah. with decision-making. It can help with relationships. It can help with your job. It can help uh, on so many layers to have that bit of self-awareness, even if it's a hard thing, it's a journey. That's right. Yeah. So I just, I can't recommend that highly enough. And yeah. what I love is uh, what I'm seeing more and more is, and I don't know what's bringing this on, but I see more and more young people start to figure that out and people taking gap years before yeah. college or, you know, gap year or two before master's programs to travel a little bit, to figure it out. And they just have a little, little more emotionally balanced uh, before they get, you know, hard charging into a career. So uh, I just think it's useful. I, I think mm -hmm. a self, I'm going to use a couple big words from Bowen's family systems theory, but like someone who's <laughs> self differentiated, yeah. who they can see themselves connected uh, as a part of and separate from a group of people is super important. And then avoiding emotional triangles where we are triangulated or we triangulate others just help. It would help. <laughs> and the long run on so many things. So definitely, um, that's what I found uh, to be important there. Well, I've only come up with like one other thing and you could add maybe one more thing after this, but I, I feel like it's important to figure out the friend thing yeah. in your twenties and thirties. So something happens if, if folks haven't noticed it yet, they, they'll notice it soon. The way one makes, maintains friendships, changes in the, you know, after college, I feel mm -hmm. like at the, going through school and college, uh, we make friends quite easily, uh, particularly in college, because you're just you're there kind of almost isolated from the rest of the world. And it's just easier to create peers and stuff. But I, I find that once you, I, I remember, like I graduated college, and I was driving home and I was going through in my mind. I'm like, OK, everything's going to be different. And I don't know how I don't know how to prepare for it, but it's just all going to change. And this is one of the big issues is like the whole friendship stuff. And, I, and I'll do a friendship season on this podcast at some point but I, I think that we this we have to at least 
figure out, am I going to be one who has a lot of friends that may not go so deep? Or am I going to be a person who's got a couple of friends that goes deep or something in between, like just to have that expectation out there so that when we start uh, constructing our social network in real life, not just online, that we haven't figured out like our expectations so that we don't have these moments are going, why do I feel so lonely? And I have no uh, language to articulate why, even though I interact with people every day, all day, I still feel like this profound sense of loneliness. Um, and so I just think that we've got to figure out who we are and what friendship looks like hmm. in the twenties and thirties. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did you experience that same dynamic as well? Yeah. And I think still experiencing some of the effects of that, of, um, realizing all of a sudden <laughs> looking back that, um, maybe things could have been different, done differently, uh, and to be more intentional about it. Um, putting a little extra energy and effort into relationships that you might just take for granted that might just be easy, but maybe if you sew a little bit more into them, they could be something really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I only thought of one other thing, which, um, you know, on the spot, there might be 10 more things, but right now um, is to figure out um, like lifestyle as far as like eating and exercise stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. because you can really, if you could get into a good routine, then it will be much easier later, um, figure out like what you love, what activity you enjoy. Um, it doesn't have to look like everyone else around you. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be, um, running or weightlifting, you know, it could be whatever brings yeah. you joy, um, mm-hmm. and excitement. But if you can get into a good rhythm in your young adult life, that will carry you far, um, coming from. I've kind of gone in waves and trying to get that back and trying to, mm. because I know that I feel better, but if I had set it even better, it was kind of like, I was so rigorous in high school and then I kind of let it go in college. And then, um, then I kept trying to do what everyone else said to do <laughs> yeah. um, instead of what I enjoyed. And um, it's just a reality that things that change as you get older and there are things that you can um, do now as a young adult to submit some great habits and um, great healthy things, whether that's mental, emotional, physical, um, you know, eating and activity is what came to mind, but even just um, mental and emotional health too. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot more to think about. I think there's a lot of stuff that was just uh, maybe a given for most, some people Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden like that, that givenness uh, vanishes. And not overnight, but it kind of like erodes over time. And then we have to, what's cool about it is that we get to make our own choices and we get to build it back up. But what's scary is that it's gone. And Mm -hmm. there's like a sense of like free fall until we take a hold of our life and and, and are guided again. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's right. So I think we covered like a wide spectrum here from like daily time with God to, you know, traveling internationally to the friendship stuff, the identity stuff, the working out diet, exercise at all stuff. <laughs> so, um, that's good. Um, thanks. I, thanks for being my Guinea pig on this call recording type thing. Um, <laughs> so at the time this recording, yeah, at the time of this recording, I think you were helping our kids with math. And so I'm sorry to pull you away from <laughs> math. It's, so... it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, just right. so you know, I, 
I walked to Whole Foods. I got tortillas for uh, tomorrow night's meal. And uh, I'm going to mow the grass later. So can you have the kids pick up any any dog business in the yard? Before <laughs> <I get> that? <laughs> That's how you want to wrap up. <laughs> it's like yeah. a window in the, in the day of the life of you and I's relationship. So. Yes, hey, we are avoiding the, the, avoiding the heat today, but we will do that for you all. Okay. Well, thanks for the time today. And we'll do this again. Uh, but I think it was a pretty good first time. Yeah, good job, love. All right, talk to you later. Love you. All bye. right, love you. Bye. All right, everyone. This is Pastor Joseph with a quick update on the group that we're trying to start the Enneagram study. If you remember, we were trying to start it in August, but because of the continual mitigation of COVID nineteen, we decided to push it to September. So it'll still be on Monday nights. It'll start September the fourteenth at seven o'clock to eight thirty here at the church. So if you'd like to join us, just plan on joining that night. Uh, There's a book involved, The Road Back to You. I think Amazon sells it for $15. So you can go out and get it on your own. Or if you need a copy, just let me know and I can order some copies and have one ready for you. But we'll just uh, meet every Monday as long as we can, as long as there's not a conflict. And we'll work our way through the book and through all nine types of the Enneagram. What you got to get from this study is just a general idea of who you are and what it means to be in security, what it means uh, to be under stress and how to grow in your walk with God because of how you're uniquely made. So it's going to be a great time to learn about yourself and to get to know others. And so I encourage you to send me an email, jskillen at eastminster.org, so you can get on the list. All right, thanks. Hi, Eastminster Young Adults. My name is Wendy Stevens, and I'm offering a grow group this fall at 9.30 on Sunday mornings with my husband, Jason, and I hope that you'll join us as we talk about relationships. We want to make sure that we are talking about a subject that all young adults have questions about, and we found that relationships is the one area we all have in common. We want to build a relationship with our friends, with our families, but we're also always looking for that person who is going to complete us. God has a plan for every stage in our life. But when we're single, is that really our purpose? We're going to be talking about these subjects, and I'm really looking forward to sharing with you the things that I've learned during this time that we've been apart. I hope that you'll join us on Sunday mornings. We're moving into room C15, and together we'll explore the topics that have to do with a relationship in your life, and with the ones that are yet to come. See you soon. Hey, before we go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating so that more people can be drawn to the podcast. We also have a Eastminster Young Adults Facebook page. If you'd like to be a part of that, please look for it and send a request so we can add you to the closed group so you can stay up to date on all the things that are going on in young adult life. Thanks. We'll see you next time.